Welcome to the pod, everybody. My name is Stuart Bradley. I am the host of the podcast, and I operate a 12-week career accelerator academy dedicated to international grads looking to get great jobs. So today, we are going to talk about why most job hunts don't work, and in so doing, walk you through why job hunts can and do work when they do work. So this is applicable to anyone who has been in the job hunt, wants better results, or they're at some point in the future, either now, three months from now, or six months from now, or next year, they're going to be probably job hunting at some point. That's for you. This is for you, this content that we've got here. So the question is this, how do we as international students without special connections break into the job market and get experience with an awesome firm and still have time for friends and family? That is the question, and this podcast will show you how. Hi, I'm Stuart Bradley, and I am the host of Job Hunting for International Students. So what if we knew that we would hit certain roadblocks ahead of time, and then just steer clear of them and avoid the vast majority of job hunt headaches? Well, there are several reasons why job hunts don't work, so let's jump right on into these. The first one I'm going to talk about, if you're taking notes, just jot, pause the podcast here, just jot these down. The first one is that we often work from a wrong set of metrics when we job hunt. So working from a wrong set of metrics is the first. So recently, a student in my coaching program was frustrated because he was not invited excuse me, to interview after applying online. However, just a week before, he had initiated a call with one of the firm's leaders, and it went well. So what was the problem here? Actually, nothing. It was just that he was still focused on the metrics of applying online like he used to use at university, such as the number of applications sent. And so he was really focused on that and didn't realize that he was much closer to success because he had already been speaking to one of the senior executives. So in the case of this client, they've already gotten the referral by having this conversation. And when he reflected on that, he thought, wow, that is actually true. I'm actually farther along on the job hunt or in this application than I thought, because I don't need to worry about hearing back. I'm already getting a referral and moving into the next round of the interview process. So the number one thing is working from a wrong set of metrics. Instead, I want you to work from the correct set of metrics. So focusing on the number of people we can talk to. And sometimes in my teachings, I talk about this thing I call the conversation box, where you're either in this box, in conversation, or you're out. Most job hunters are always outside of the box. They're just focusing on making applications and think it's like by magic that someone's going to get invited to interview just by applying. Nope. We have way more control over this process than we thought. So when you focus on the right metrics, talking to people, then you can go about doing what I call creating interviews on demand, which is what networking is when you do that well. And of course, I go into that in great deal, great detail in my 12-week career accelerator program. So just number one, 
thing to watch out for is don't seek to find progress or satisfaction in the number of applications sent. Focus on the number of conversations you're having with people inside those firms. Number two of why most job hunts don't work is because people blindly follow the crowd in their job hunt. So in my case, I did my early job hunts alone by myself, at least. Excuse me. I thought I was doing it by myself. Now, when I look back on that time, I see that I was actually not by myself at all. I was just blindly following the crowd. I was getting pushed around from all different directions by the opinions of peers, by my painful memories of past uncomfortable experiences like getting a rejection, by my fears, and by expectations that I had of myself or expectations from my parents. And it created this mush of advice. And I was just kind of swimming around in this stew of basically bad advice and second-guessing myself. And that's what I considered to be doing when I was alone at my job hunt. But I was not alone, right? My inner critic was also constantly lying in wait to sabotage me. But if you know a little bit more about that job hunt, I was just doing my grad school level job hunt to get the girl, basically. I was in love with this girl. And my whole goal was she was in China, I was here in the United States, and I was going to do whatever it took. But I was just following the herd, and I was just getting average results. So that's where I got really stuck. I was I didn't I didn't really have a good process in place. So if you're just following the herd, then you're going to end up just getting average advice, getting average results. So is it really the case, for example, that you need to apply online and then maybe submit a video interview and then maybe get a first round interview? Is that really the process? One way that we blindly follow the crowd is to accept that as the truth. But what if we could do something simpler? Now, what if we could, for example, just reach out directly to the people in our firms and get them to know us? Well, I didn't know that at the time, but I was really interested in preserving my relationship with this special person. Now, fortunately, 17 years later, we have been married for these past 17 years. It's been great. And what I did, the best thing that I could possibly do was to move away from the crowd. I did not blindly follow the crowd after a while. And I just, you know, sometimes you just think about this as what am I going to do to, you know, get this thing done? And if it's applying online and I'm not getting results, then really look at that data. You know, following the crowd, trying to job hunt by yourself, in other words, with all these other opinions pushing you back and forth what to do. If that's not working, then bring your head up, look around, take a breath, and focus on what does work. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, what I'm going to be talking to you here is very much consistent with not following the herd, not blindly following the crowd. So if you're here, you are in, there's a good chance that you are going to be able to break free from blindly following this crowd and start to collect your own data and make your own conclusions about what works and doesn't in the job hunt. Number three, for those of you following along, the number three reason most job hunts don't work is because people are stuck 
as I say, in the matrix. Now, what does that mean? Well, most job hunts pursue only the companies and firms where the roles are posted online. And that is simply what it means to be stuck in the matrix. We think that what's posted online represents the total set of job hunt opportunities out there. And when you're in the matrix, it's as though you've your brain has basically been infected by malware. You're completely controlled by these random impersonal algorithms that you think represent the truth. You'd love to work for firm A, but they don't have any roles posted. So it's as though you don't ever give it a second thought. You don't try to meet and speak with the people at firm A. To avoid falling into the matrix, take, take care to make you know, postings on Handshake and job postings on LinkedIn just one of the multiple inputs into your job hunt process. So other inputs to your job hunt process could include the networking that you do, the events that you attend, where you follow up with the people that you met. Online postings are just one of the multiple inputs to your job hunt. Second, have a target list of companies and always pursue jobs that are on that target list or pursue conversations that are on that list. And let that list grow and evolve as you talk to more people. You'll discover more and more firms that way, and they will get these companies will find their way to your list. And that is how you maintain focus and direction. Do not let that list simply be limited to what's posted online. That is the pathway to frustration. Number four here. Why do most job hunts fail? Because they lack a process. What does it mean to lack a process? Well, there's a saying in life, goes something like this. You either have your own process or you're following someone else's. You either have your own process or plan or you're following someone else's process and plan. And this little saying applies to the job hunt because most job hunts are failing because they're following someone else's process. That process could be apply and wait to hear back or only apply to what you see on Handshake or only connect on LinkedIn with people you already know. So if you're just kind of passively following, passively, excuse me, following along, you just kind of lack a plan. So what are some other examples of like processes at work? Well, look no farther than YouTube or TikTok. An ad begins to raise awareness of a product. You might watch that ad for a few seconds. It might lead to your interest, your consideration, and finally a purchase. So this is a process at work. At each stage of this process, these advertisers are endeavoring to optimize how many people they can get to click or provide information or complete a purchase. And if companies A-B test their ads, well, you bet that you can A-B test your job hunt too. You can develop your own process and see what works and what doesn't work and make adjustments. So I go to much detail about this in my upcoming book. Um, but for now, the process that I want you to consider is one where you're collecting a set of target companies, you're stimulating them through your 
messaging, your digital activities, stimulating them to get them on the phone or in a video room or at a coffee shop with you. And then following through through the interviews and potentially interviews and an offer. That is the in a nutshell your process that you can bring people through. And most people just don't have a process. So they're just kind of part of someone else's and they don't get what they wanted to get when they started this job hunt. The next one, number five, most job hunts don't work because the effort falls below a certain threshold level of effort. So you might be thinking, hmm, I've not gotten the results that I want, right? Maybe you're taking the right action. It could be the perfect action to take, but you don't have any offers coming your way. It may be because your level of activity is just too low. So you know, here's an example of a, thresh, of a threshold level of activity. So there's a level of activity below which job hunters, even if they're doing the right thing, do not get job offers. Let's say I connected with you on LinkedIn and I learned that you are getting interviews and you tell me that you've had eight interviews. And then I might think, wow, that sounds pretty good. Sounds like you're making progress. But then I learned that you've gotten those eight interviews over the last eight months. Eight interviews in eight months. So that trajectory, that level of activity is consistent with one interview per month. And that's not a level consistent with gaining offers on any timeline. And I haven't even clarified whether or not these were companies that you were really interested in or not. I mean, these, these may be just just random companies and you're not excited at all, meaning the number of interviews you've had over eight months with companies that you would love to join is actually zero. Well, only above a certain level of activity, a certain threshold, will job hunting produce fruit. And it's not too hard to know exactly what that threshold is. Based on the data from my 12-week career accelerator academy, if we're getting on calls with people between two and five times per week on a consistent basis, then I would say your job offer is going to come within the next 30 days or so. But if you're not getting on calls on that kind of a basis every week, your time to an offer is actually undefined. So you may be below that threshold level. I can't say that you won't break through the threshold, but you haven't if you're not consistently getting on calls. And so you're maybe below that threshold and maybe your job hunt is is just going to go on and on. So recognize that even if you're doing the right thing, there is a level, a threshold level of activity below which you don't get offers and above which you do. So this is another thing to watch out for in your job hunt, because what we find is when we're doing things right, job offers come because of compounding, the result of having one conversation and that conversation building the foundation for another conversation. And you get a really nice nonlinear growth in your job hunt results. And this kind of compounding occurs as you reach a certain point in your job hunting and you break through that threshold. You could be sitting with several offers that way. Next, the job hunter lacks, excuse me, lacks patience. So lacking patience. So lack having patience, okay, having patience means consistent 
even application of job hunt effort. It's not you job hunt for a couple of weeks and then give it up because you have a midterm coming up and then coming back a couple of weeks later. Patience means appreciating that a job hunt is a marathon and not a sprint. So you can think about that. You can think that I have no time. And if I think I have no time to job hunt, I have no patience for this, I might not even start the job hunt. I might demand immediate results. I might want job hunt results to come within a week. I may give up before my actions can start to compound because I've been taking specific actions, getting better at interviewing, getting better at networking. But if I stop too soon, these things, these improvements will not take place. So being patient is one of the most important things that you can do when it comes to the job hunt. If your approach is something like, okay, MBB or bust, right? Top investment bank or top tech company or bust, and you're not going to consider anything else, right? Then you're going to get probably really frustrated really fast, and you're going to not have the patience potentially to go out and have the necessary conversations, take the necessary actions. So what can you do on a daily basis to have a process and be more patient, be more consistent? It would be to block off time every day and commit to spending sometime every day on your job hunt. The next reason why most job hunts don't work is they don't understand the psychology of sales. Okay, Not understanding the psychology of sales. When we go into the market for employment, we are selling ourselves into that market. We are looking for a buyer who will buy. Hiring managers will buy what they want and need. So here, the, the psychology of sales that most people don't get is that we need to understand that companies are here to hire for what they want and what they need. Your job is to position yourself accordingly. Now, the alternative is to not understand what companies want and what they need, and you don't pitch yourself as a solution. So whether they know it or not, most of your job hunting competition, the people that are trying to get the job that you want, they're probably just going to go out into the market and brand themselves as a job wanter. I just want a job. And deep down, they think maybe that they are owed a job. They feel like a job should come to them because they spent all this time getting educated and, and making all these sacrifices, which are real sacrifices. But unfortunately, that positioning, that branding is not what people are going to pay for. So what if you did something different? What if you positioned yourself as a problem solver and you understood the kinds of problems that companies were having? You were curious about them. You were presenting yourself as a solution. Guess what's going to happen then? You're going to find more buyers. So the bottom line here is that people are going to hire people who can help them. So understanding the psychology of sales means that you have stronger prospects for getting hired into the job that you want. The next thing that gets most job hunts messed up is becoming what I call blinded by glamour. G-L-A-M-O-R or M-O-U-R, blinded by glamour. So imagine that you're interested in consulting and your approach to the job hunt is 
MBB or bust, right? McKinsey, Bain, or Boston Consulting Group, or forget it. I don't want anything else. Well, you might want to look closer because you might not be that interested in consulting. The prestige of the brand may be what you're after. You really want that brand on your resume. That's it. That's okay. I have no problem with you wanting a great brand on your resume and shooting for the stars, but that approach can backfire on you. So while it's reasonable to shoot for the MBB, if consulting is your thing, just as an example, pursuing just a few firms like MB&B to the exclusion of many other excellent consulting firms can be a big mistake. So you're not seeing the things that you should see in order to get hired. For example, if you're not considering firms outside of the MBB, you don't talk to anybody else, then you're just missing out on valuable conversations, right? All of these conversations that you could be having, which could be opportunities actually to hone your case presentation and your networking skills so that maybe you could get hired into a top consulting firm. Or maybe you're not yet MBB material, but you could be after a couple years of full-time consulting work at a smaller firm. So joining a smaller firm actually preserves your goal of joining the MBB in the future. But if you find yourself wanting to only work at one firm and nowhere else, you are what I call blinded by glamour. So we want to avoid that. We don't want to get into situations where we are missing out on a ton of opportunities because we could have actually been having great conversations if we had just considered a broader range of companies and people that we want to meet. And that can help our networking go much, much better, and we'll get much more out of it. Then the other thing I want to share with you, like last two different things that hold people back or I should say, cause their job hunt not to work. Next one, last of the two, is that the old you, I say the old you, okay, the old you in quotations, hangs on. The old you hangs on. It doesn't want to give up. You're not able to evolve yourself, to change, to let the job hunt change you, improve you. Who is the you that gets the job? Is it the you that took action uh, a month ago and applied to some jobs? Is that the you that gets hired? Or is the you that gets hired the person that has gone through uh, a development and stages, I would say, uh, a series of improvements or upgrades of your personality or your skills that leads to you getting hired? Who gets the job? Well, are you willing to become that new person that isn't to you at the moment, let's say, to get that job. I would say, yeah, you probably are willing to make changes, but the old you may still be running the show. So it means that you are not yet taking the actions needed or with the duration or intensity that will make the difference. So you might not, for example, have developed a job hunt focus. The old you is still kind of taking the advice of everyone and just keeping your options open. You're just applying everywhere, right? Well, the new you, the new person that you could become in this job hunt would be one who is very focused, right? On solving one particular type of problems in one particular industry. And you might then brand yourself as a problem solver, right? 
and then focus on the right kinds of job hunt metrics. But the old you doesn't want to do that. For the old you, these steps are very hard to take. And especially considering that the average advice that you're surrounded with in your environment is kind of reinforcing that kind of old you approach. So in a nutshell, the old you is letting you do what's comfortable and it's not the things that would actually lead to an offer. So the old you is still hanging on. So what I would recommend that you do is you notice that about yourself and you allow yourself the possibility of changing, of upgrading, of not necessarily having to be the one right now that is job ready. You might not be job ready and that is okay. Just move in the direction of becoming job ready instead of constantly criticizing or rejecting yourself or other things that don't let you take the actions that you need to take. And the last one to wrap this up is the, well, I guess I guess I'll just stick with this one. I think this is good enough and we'll just kind of consider this also just within the context of the comfort zone. So I was going to break that out as a separate topic, but this really is belonging to um, you, the old you hanging on is this concept of a comfort zone. So you're in the area that uh, you feel comfortable with. You, for example, think that I got into a great university by applying and no one had to talk to me and I just paid some tuition and I got into school. I'm just going to replicate that process in my job hunt. That's comfortable to you, right? So what we need to do is we need to go beyond that into a zone that, well, if our comfort zone is small, then when we step out of it, we're going to feel fear, right? So the opportunity is to expand the comfort zone, continue to expand the comfort zone. That's an idea of giving up the old you, another way to talk about that. Expand that comfort zone. Otherwise, we step into fear, and then we step into learning and growth stages. But what we do when we evolve and we become the type of job hunter that gets hired is it's really a comfort zone expanding out. It's that process where things that used to cause fear do not. We know they're just very normal. And then the things that help us to learn and grow, well, we're learning those things. We're growing into that type of person that gets interviews and offers. So I hope this little, I'm going to recap this for you here. Let's just go through this and I hope this was helpful. So job ones don't work because you're working from a wrong set of metrics. Solution, work from the right set of metrics. Focus on meeting people. Number two, job hunts don't work because people follow the crowd. All right. Don't follow the crowd. Don't believe that by job hunting by yourself, you're actually by yourself. You're just either getting good information or bad information. And that's it. The next one is, jump in here. The next one is job hunting when you're stuck in the matrix. Okay. So first one, was working from a wrong set of metrics. Number two, following the crowd. Number three, being stuck in the matrix. What do I want you to do? Don't just apply to jobs you see posted. Really focus on jobs that you're passionate about, uh, excuse me, companies that you're interested in, and then reach out to those companies. You don't have to have a job posted to do that. The fourth is that most job hunts fail because they lack a process. They don't see job hunting as a sequence of steps where I collect my target companies and then I stimulate these people and then I take them through a process of networking or following up on applications. 
So solution, have a process. Be clear about where you are in your process and where you're getting stuck or where you're having success. That's number four. The fifth reason many job hunts don't work is because we're not taking a threshold level of activity. So you're looking out and you're not seeing immediate results. So you get frustrated. Well, what you need to do is realize that there is a level of activity above which you need to be behaving or engaging your job hunt so that you get the results. Okay. Number six, lacking patience related to the prior point. Number six, if we lack patience, we may not ever get to that point where we hit the threshold level of activity because we gave up too soon. So recognize job hunting takes time. It takes persistence and consistency. So let those be in your favor. Bring those things into your job hunt. Number seven is not understanding the psychology of sales. You are in this market to sell yourself into the job market. Don't think anything else is happening here. No one owes us a job. We need to go out and sell ourselves. Number eight is being blinded by glamour. If you're blinded by glamour, you're seeing only the brand and you're not seeing the steps that are needed and necessary in order to actually get the great job. So check yourself. Are you only trying to reach out to one or two companies? Won't work anywhere else. You might be blinded by glamour. You might be missing the things we need to do in order to eventually get into those great companies. And then number nine, and the final one, the old you hangs on. So you might be basically operating from a fairly small comfort zone. It is a place where you're continually returning to in your job hunt, and you're not expanding that comfort zone. If the old you hangs on, you're not developing into that new you. You're not expanding that comfort zone so that you can allow job offers to fall within the zone. We want job offers to be well within our comfort zone. Through the actions that we take, they're comfortable enough. Through our networking, our professional behavior, that's comfortable to us now. Then we can get the interviews and the offers. Thank you for joining. And if you have not yet, please have a look at my YouTube channel. Have a look at the 12-week career accelerator program. That academy is something that people can apply to. And if they're accepted, I will work with you one-on-one -on -one to help you get interviews and offers at awesome firms and still allow you to have time for friends and family and academics. All for now, take care. 